introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Another week of TETA content. This week, I've got the legendary, and again, these legends hate when I use that word, but it's true, the legendary Jim Rambo. Most of you know his name, but you don't know who he is. You know nothing about him. Uh, his interview took place in the Techland booth. Again, thanks to Techland. I'm going to keep shouting out to those guys for the next couple of weeks because most of the content that you're going to hear over the next couple of weeks uh, culminated at TETA. And then the timing's going to work out great because then Thespians is going to be right after all of this stuff gets exhausted. So I'll be able to talk to more of you at Texas Thespians in November. Uh, we've got Junior Festival this week in the South, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see a lot of you people there. I will be there uh, helping with the kind of tech booth, the, excuse me, the, the petting zoo, if you will, the tech petting zoo. I should be teaching a couple workshops as well to some of those middle schoolers. We'll see how that goes. There is a reason I do not teach middle school, and we will not get into that on this podcast. But again, this week I'm with Jim Rambo. If you are new to the podcast, please like it. Please give it a good review. I know my voice is monotone. I get it at the beginning of all these. That's why this podcast turned into an interview podcast where I do very little talking, or I try to do very little talking because my voice does not fluctuate, even though right now in my head I feel like I am singing an opera, but I know it doesn't translate well on the podcast. Anyway, I've had plenty of students tell me they fall asleep to my podcast on occasion, so that's good. Um, anyway, it's doing a good job. But Jam Rambo's on this week. Have I said that once or twice? I've also got a fundraiser... An, an idea, uh, one of the booths at TETA, Zingers, was a, is a fundraiser idea, and so you're going to hear from him a couple minutes from him at the beginning here, and then throughout the next couple weeks, again, you'll hear some content from TETA regarding why people are at TETA. You'll also hear some companies. These companies were just booths sitting sitting down, and I thought I'd give them some plug, uh, some plugs, excuse me, on the podcast. They're all... Uh, here for us as my dog barks in the background and distracts me i'm assuming it's another amazon package for my kids well enough of me again make sure you are liking t-shirts will be on sale at the end of this month i'm going to start those in november some t-shirt sales for you guys uh again and it's a fundraising thing for me i just i got a need i, I got a need man english is bad for me today i gotta get i got to get the money is so that I can travel to places and uh, get some content for you guys. Have I talked enough? Good. Thanks. Again, I hope to see some of you guys at Thespian South. Make sure you guys are signing up for the big festival, the big Thespian Festival in time. Money is due soon. Registration is due soon. Uh, we're we're doing really well with that, thanks to Amy Jordan. So kicking kicking some a, getting you guys booked in some hotels. Uh, so appreciative of all that. Hope everybody has a good week. And to all my tribe members, I hope everyone has a healthy Yom Kippur and safe fast. Here is this week's groaner joke. Uh, 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 uh. 
in honor of Yom Kippur this week, waiter goes up to a table full of Jewish women and asks, Is anything all right? Hi, I'm Roy with Zinger's Comedy Fundraising, and we are DFW's only family-friendly, clean improv comedy show, and we now do family-friendly comedy fundraisers that are designed specifically for theater arts. We are the only theater arts-specific fundraiser. We're it. So if you were looking for theater arts fundraising, come see us. I started this business uh, a little over four years ago, and uh, being a former uh, theater arts uh, club president uh, myself when I was in high school and a thespian, uh, I know that theater arts have a really hard time raising money. No one really focuses on theater arts. They're always focusing on football and band and choir and baseball. No one really ever comes uh, for theater arts. So you're like, you know what? We want to help you guys raise money because we know how much you need it. So we're here to help you raise money. Uh, where you, what we provide is a family-friendly, professional comedy show. We come out, we come to you, and we do a show. The difference is, the reason that this is theater arts specific is because your students are actually part of the experience. They're part of the show. We can either challenge your students to an improv battle where the audience gets to decide the winner. Now that's obviously for those who already have uh, students who like to do improv and uh, maybe you already have your own improv troop of students. Uh, and if you don't, no problem. We come out, we actually do a workshop with your students and including giving them a uh, book that helps them learn more about improv and not just how to do it, but why to do certain things. So it really breaks down into the details. And it also helps them form their own improv troupe for next year. Because you know what? If you do an improv troupe with your students, not only do you raise money with us, you keep raising money the rest of the year because you can do monthly shows, charge them three, four bucks a show, uh, a ticket for each show, and raise another thousand bucks before by the end of the year. So we want to help you raise money all year round, not just with our show. And um, our fundraisers raise an average of $5,000 for our clients. It is designed to pay for itself, so you don't have to worry about the cost because this thing is designed to pay for itself. You don't have to worry about putting any money into it from your budget. We don't want your money in from the budget. We want to make money for your budget. So that's also another big plus for us. And, uh, yeah, this is a great, uh, great fundraiser. Your students would love it because they're going to get to be on stage performing with professional improv actors. And how often do, the, do your students get to perform with professional actors? So they're going to be very excited. They're going to want to bring everybody out to see them on stage performing with professionals. And that's going to bring a large crowd and a lot of money for your theater arts program. Uh, again, I'm Roy with Zinger's Comedy Fundraising. And we want to help you turn funny into money. The way we make money is that we just charge you a flat fee based on what you want for your show. We customize every fundraiser to every, every school client that we have. So depending on what that client needs, we can form the fundraiser around what they need. Nope. We do not take a cut of the ticket sales or anything like that because that just punches you for a good show. If you do really well, we take 50% of your tickets. Well, that's less money you just raised. So what we do is we just charge a flat rate. Once that flat rate is paid, 100% of everything you make is yours. And we actually, uh, because our fundraiser is not just a show, it is a step-by-step -step detailed process on how to perform 
a comedy night fundraiser from the very first step all the way to the end. We walk you through the entire thing step by step. We make it as simple as possible for you. And uh, one of our first steps we do is try to tell you how to pay for us. <laughs> so we actually tell you how to pay for us so that before you've even sold a single ticket, we're already paid for and uh, you're already making money 100%. Yeah, we're, yeah. The, the, the fee is forgotten about and you're good to go. Uh, we travel pretty much within the state of Texas. Uh, now, if it's farther away, obviously that's going to affect the price a little bit. But like I said, we work with our clients to customize everything for them. And uh, we also help them to pay for our services with uh, a lot of helpful advice that most of our clients, before they even sold a single ticket, they've already actually not only paid for us, but using the process that we give you to pay for us, not only have they paid for us, but they've already raised money. And you can also find more information at FamilyComedyFundraisers.com. With an S. With an S. <laughs> Family Comedy Fundraisers, Fundraisers, with an S at the end of it, .com. This week again is Mr. Jim Rambo. The man does still some great volunteer work, even though he is retired, enjoying retirement. But uh, he was in charge of the celebrities this year, and we had a great celebrity at TETA. If you weren't there, you missed out. Well, my uh, principal background was uh, a bachelor's degree from Abilene Christian University, which was Abilene Christian College back right. then, <laughs> and, uh, and my Master of Arts degree from Texas Tech. Uh, I did begin teaching uh, high school for two years, way up in the uh, Panhandle of Texas, Ockletree okay. uh, County. They called it Ockletree Nation uh, because it was it was closer to Denver than it was to Austin. Sure. So uh, the uh, taught there, uh, moved to Weatherford College, taught uh, and rebuilt the theater curriculum there. They had moved from a very old campus, the original uh, turn of the century campus, sure. to a new campus. So a theater was eliminated. So they were ready to build the program back. So my first year was building uh, a theater and curriculum. Uh, then uh, 13 years at Western Texas College, all, both of these were one-person programs. Yep. So doing it all, I'm, uh, I'm more of a generalist. Uh, then we moved to Waco at McLennan College from 92 until I retired in 2014. Okay. My principal love and devotion, of course, is uh, acting and directing. Uh, the uh, devotion also to freshmen and sophomores, uh, a missional kind of uh, kind of level. Sure. The benefit if they can build, as you well know, you, know, you can build what you can build with them discipline-wise, uh, even if it's boot camp yeah. kind of quality, uh, and making sure that they're not specializing that they are, you know, the technicians having to take acting right. class. Right, well-rounded. Uh, yeah, the yep. acting class having to take stagecraft and design that uh, feel like that, uh, uh, just like many, many will say from a generalist standpoint, that that influences. Your love may be, like mine, mm -hmm. acting and directing. Yep. Uh, but yet the influence of all of those years and the continued influence with uh, lighting designers, sure. the inspiration, uh, the scenic designers that get the metaphor before I do right. you know, as right. a director, uh, and the inspiration and the give and the take. Uh, we had uh, 21 wonderful years in Waco working with uh, you know, a group of five others. Uh, so I had to change my hat 
uh, to a large extent right. uh, because I had, uh, had done it all. My wife built lots of costumes during those 16 years, you know, sure. working without pay. You right. Know? So, uh, so her her influence certainly was extremely important when I wanted to do something that uh, that required something other than pulling stock. Sure. I think the the uh, the quality of what I call uh, many of us are are externalists. Many of us are internalists. Depending on you know where where you came from, I'm a '60s child, right. so the internalist principle certainly uh, certainly is there and abundant. Uh, but I I in my acting classes taught a third level because if you look back at the records of so many people, other areas of influence, for example, music or art, uh, uh, even marching band, you know, influenced you know, what they were seeing visually, sure. compositionally, uh, the beauty of the stage. Uh, but that, that third level that I recognize on a regular basis is strictly the love of literature. Mm -hmm. You know, we probably fell in love with dramatic literature, not through our theater teachers, but through our, you know, early days yep. of English yep. class in high school. Yep. Uh, if, if they loved it, you know, we had a tendency to be able to fall in love. I remember Henry David Thoreau right. uh, because of this deep-voiced, huge English teacher who literally kind of smothered herself you know, in the love and affection of what, what was said in Walden. Right. And that appreciation, that stirring uh, inside. And so I think that, that probably uh, we, we overlook that. And that means that we do we really need to have a... Th theater curriculum? Uh, do we need degrees in theater? Well, I, you know, obviously I, you know, certainly, certainly uh, communicated that on sure. a regular basis. But the real practicality is look, look at how many people are functioning in areas and being recognized even on the university level because of their years of life experience. Right. Their influence in art, their influence in our, our choreographer at McLennan, a dear friend of mine, uh, whose whose influence was uh, what he was he was a feature twirler at Baylor, sure. uh, you know, and so my band know, director at my school right now was that's his proudest. <laughs> he was a twirler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah. and that that influence certainly a performance, yeah. but, but the influence of in that case precision uh, at the same time physicality mm -hmm. led him to you know an enormous career. In, Choreography and musical theater, yeah. uh, and those those influence, I, I think, are, are so important. Uh, they also make one much more marketable. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> in days when you're not getting acting jobs yeah. or directing jobs, those who have in this this day and time, man, if these kids have computer skills at the kazoo, they're more likely to get a better job in New York or LA because yeah. of those experiences. Even though they're there because they want to audition. Sure. Uh, they want to be able to do, or to move into certainly, you know, the tech field yeah. because of that. Yeah. And it's much easier for them to do that right. than, you know, old guys like me, yeah. uh, you know, who still used a manual typewriter up until, you know, 91, 92. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's, that's really important to recognize and to call it out. Right. 
So calling it out, uh, particularly with freshmen and sophomores, uh, was was really missional. Right. Uh, seeing you know what they could do, seeing those capabilities. What is uh, from your time when you started to to when you retired? What is one of the larger, and there could be a couple of answers, what is one of the larger changes you saw in your students, um, maybe ideologically or uh, the way they were trained from their high school days or middle school days? What's one of those things that you saw either they they gained or depreciated over time? Uh, It's a good question uh, because to me the marked difference uh, was exactly what you're holding in your hands right now. Yeah, sure. Uh, the cell phone, yeah. uh, the the dispension of you know from uh, live communication, uh, mostly seen through students dropping by your office. Right. Uh, that percentage in the last you know the last probably ten years, uh, you know I saw a marked change. And oh, they could text, and that was sufficient. Right. Rather than drop in and start a conversation. Not that we didn't counsel and talk one-on-one, right? Uh, but it's that still a live, present tense, rather than you know technically based sure. uh, to get the right emoji or to get the <laughs> right font, uh, you know, in terms of what they're saying. Did you change? Did you adjust to that? Uh, I don't think I adjusted quite as well. Okay. Uh, in terms of because that was. That was one of my strengths. That sure. was one of the areas that uh, that that I could indeed tell them, okay, you're walking through this difficult phase in your life. Mm-hmm. You didn't get the role uh, in college that you wanted uh, because there are 50 other people like you and right. as good as you are. Uh, and that, you know, they still needed that reinforced yep. kind of quality. That's where... You know, we we could capitalize as a as a uh, two-year institution. We could capitalize on that nurturing. The, sure. The nurturing still to me is uh, is better live. So yeah, I mean, I do text, uh, but I you know I text with punctuation. <laughs> I do too. Oh man, if my, if my students are listening to that right and now, you're so they young. Know, well, yeah. the, it, it's still you know Bob Singleton was my okay, was my well, mentor. Enough said. So uh, <laughs> so he trained me really well. Yeah. And, and and to go back on your original point a little bit ago about. The, the actor needs the tech, the tech needs the acting, you know, uh, that was a Bob Singleton philosophy yeah. as well. I, I was on stage doing musicals, but I was at HSPVA as a, as a technician, you know, uh, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. I wasn't complaining. Yeah. We, you knew what you were walking into when you walked into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm the same way. I, I get on my students all the time when they, it's part of why I took Twitter away from them from a couple years ago for the simple fact it wasn't about the content, it was about that they didn't take the time to just simply put a period or a, a comma or capitalize I, the letter I, um, exactly. you know, it drove exactly. me nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I completely understand yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Some, somehow it still is, you know, extremely important. I, yeah. I want to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, where, where it's been diminished. But again, it's that nature of still that, that intimacy of eyeball to eyeball, like, sure. you, you know, your, your eye contact is, is you know makes me want to, to communicate sure. and listen to you yeah. and that exchange uh, between and it is it is that uh, that quality of 
ultimately, you know, the freshman and sophomore years are the most exciting years mm -hmm. on the college level, in my opinion. Uh, but they're also, you know, places where things come up in their lives, sure. like depression right. uh, or emotional problems that they could. Because they might off. be alone for the first time too. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and you know, they feel like a number, even though, you know, it's a smaller yeah. kind of institution. Did you find that that you became? Uh, a therapist most of the time, um, you know, because you have these kids that are in a in a safe space, quote unquote, that uh, they can trust you as a director and as a friend. Um, that you ended up getting kids coming to visit you, because even Doc Ivans will talk about how he's got people coming into his office and um, th they just need to talk to somebody. They just well, I think there are you know our colleagues <coughs> that saying, okay, well, somebody who's trained in that ought to be, but I. I actually don't prescribe to that, right. not saying, you know, that if I determine someone is bipolar, that they certainly need to be able to go to, sure. you know, a psychiatrist, uh, but it's still about caring, it's still mm -hmm. about compassion, it's still about, you know, you're not giving therapeutic, even though that it is therapeutic. Right. They're giving, and the, the key to, to what you're saying in a nurturing environment is the possibility of losing. In other words, you're risking yeah. something. You're risking uh, what is uh, going on in your life that you've never communicated. Right. Because those do hit the pavement yeah. at 18 and 19 years of age. Yeah. Uh, and that, that they have dismissed you know, all of their other lives if there's injury, emotional injury. Yeah. So, and, and plus, you know, the, the, the ability to be able to experiment uh, through different text uh, and, and to be able to, to look at it from a different perspective. Sure. You know, I, I always said, I don't, I don't want, I may be, you know, a, a nuts and bolts down to the index finger, do it my way kind of quality, but ultimately what I wanted was that they don't need me. Right. You know, if I create somebody who is emotionally dependent upon me, I haven't done any help right. to them whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, it's it's warm and it's cozy, but the, the, the issue is that it's going to reoccur and they're just going to go to someone else sure. that, that creates an emotional dependency. What Some fun questions. What's a show that you wish you could go back and redo? Well, you know, of late, uh, you know, since I've been retired uh, four years ago, I'm, I'm a, a huge Shaw fan. Uh, I really loved uh, Candida. Okay. And uh, for some reason, I've, I've you know, been envisioning that show again. Yeah. Uh, you know, I repeated a few shows, not very many. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I, I was... I guess I was a hippie about that. You know, so I, no, I'm not going to repeat. You yeah, know. I'm the same. It's a way. whole different yeah. school, you know. It's 20 years later. What, why did you repeat the ones you repeated? Was it a financial? Uh... No, it was a, a lot. A lot of uh, qualities. I think the first show that I repeated was Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. Uh, knowing that we needed, you know, that was that was moving colleges. Sure. Uh, and uh, because. Of, of some faculty changes and the large population of Jewish people sure. in Waco. Yeah. Huge population. Yep. I'm, as a uh, Jew, I'm familiar. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, good, good. Uh, you know, so, you know, that became a smart move for us yeah. that uh, that we, you know, my first it's show a community. There It's a community. It was, was yeah. sold out before, you know, yeah. before it opened. Kind sure. Of thing. 
besides, it's a beautiful story. Right. Uh, it continues to be a beautiful yeah. story. And if you've got a caveat, go for it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. But, uh, you know, so that, that repetition really came more about as to uh, location. Sure. Yeah. I did repeat and, and would probably love to, to do it even a third time. I've done Hamlet before, but I've also done Hamlet ESP, mm-hmm. Paul Baker's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, of course, Paul, Paul was a, a Wacoite uh, mm-hmm. for many years at Baylor. And, uh, uh, but I did it, you know, I did it in Waco, but I also had done it in, uh, at uh, Western Texas College. Uh, and that inspiration was really kind of my preoccupation with postmodernism. Sure. And it was so early, it was so 50s, yeah. when postmodernism didn't even uh, invent itself. Yeah. But, but, you know, but Paul was working, you know. When you, when you remember that Paul worked with five Hamlets and five Ophelias hmm. and five Gertrudes, yeah. you can imagine yeah. the range. Well, ultimately, the script you know, came down to three, you know, three Hamlets. Right. Uh, so that was more out of, you know, really I loved working with structuralism. Sure. Uh, and that was always a fire to me whether the audience understood it or not. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just simply didn't, didn't, uh, didn't do it. Right. Uh, you know, you did it for other reasons. And, and, and we do that. Sure. You know? That's why we do a season of shows. Yes. So that we can still pull an audience. <laughs> and then, you know, when one doesn't pull the box office, yep. uh, you can say, well, we're counterbalancing here. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Rather yeah. than doing all, you know, yes, musicals will sell anywhere, everywhere. Sure. You know, but, uh, plus, it's, it's the, the aspect of training. Right. Uh, yeah. Probably an, another show I repeated was uh, Pomerantz's The Elephant Man. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's storyline, poignancy, kind of bald poignancy sure. that I liked about, uh, about that. And because it's true theatricality. Sure. Yeah, yeah, not the black and white version, which was excellent. Right. You know, but uh, it true, again, suggestive. Right. Uh, and that's the true power that we have over any other form of, uh, of performance. Yeah. What's uh, what's a guilty pleasure? A guilty pleasure. <laughs> well, right now it's grandchildren. Okay. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> five-year-old who lives in California and a fifteen-month-old who lives. Uh, uh, in Waco, so okay. uh, those those are indeed. How often do you get to go out to California? Uh, we've been twice this okay. summer. Okay. Uh, and uh, and it's, they live north of LA, and so they live in Los Padres National Forest. So it's okay. uh, it's it's a recreation, uh, but right. it's recreation because of Barrett, who's a frisky little five-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you. I think that's that's the guilty pleasure. Are you just I, pampering the heck out of those kids? Yeah, I, when it comes to, we're not buying, you know, we're, we're, we're careful about the buying sure. thing, uh, obsessive because my parents were that way. Okay. And, you know, we didn't want to go that direction where there was dependency on what did you bring me. Sure. Kind of quality. Brought uh, you my heart. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, and it's, but it's, it's about physical activity sure. for him. So it's, uh, uh, my wife and I both, you know, okay, we're going to run. We're right. Run. Because his parents are athletic and. and 
So you know, right. so we're gonna we're gonna play ball now. We're gonna you know run to base, and <laughs> now we're just going to see who beats because he knows he's the fastest. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it there the, the true I love Elizabeth being 15 months and how she ponders the moment. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, and those are so theatrical. You yeah. know, to be able to play the moment. Yeah. And not be concerned with where my arm is, yeah. or you know, um, or my adolescent nature. There's here, a lot to learn. Are too yeah, long, a lot or, to learn from innocent children. Yes, uh, yes. As an as a theatrical technique or just I, a life skill. It yeah. is. I always said, you know, keep your childlikeness. Oh yeah. You know, don't don't start out being cynical in New York. Yeah. Well, my wife and I are both theater teachers, and we have two daughters, ah. and so our 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 kids are. In, in it to win it they're they're you know they they are stuck whether they want to be there or not so uh, and they're both theatrical and they're both gonna they're both gonna be who they are you know and, and it's great we embrace well, our it, daughter but. has a degree in theater but she's a mom right now right and, sure and, uh, loving that uh, and uh, you know our son you know expresses it in in the expression of where they live sure. in the mountains yeah uh, so it's a uh, you know, it's wild message Certainly, certainly uh, encourage all, be kind. You know, Lou Ida Marsh would say uh, you know, that, just as, as a lover of students sure. for all the years that she did. Um, I, w- I would say be comfortable taking risk. Sure. Uh, the risk factors of thinking that you don't know if you're going to succeed, rather than thinking, right. I have to succeed first before I try it. Uh, and that's where I think the, the leaning toward, oh, well, I'm, I'm really good in math. But, you know, when you start looking at math and physics and chemistry and all of those, look at the number of plays that have been written about physics alone mm-hmm. in the last 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of trivia from that. But, but inspiration occurs in the oddest moments, mm-hmm. in the most peculiar places. Um, when, when I, my first trip to Ireland, uh, I, I just lost uh, my father. And so that it was, you know, certainly emotive in that regard, even though he had been ill. Uh, and, and I exploded with poetry. Mm-hmm. I'd never written poetry before. Uh, and that explosion was, was certainly emotive, but it was also explosive, explosive because it was all concrete poetry. Sure. And E.E. E. Cummings, uh, you know, certainly a, an aficionado of, of, of him, and the explosion of, of how he was so theatrical and how he placed letters on the page. And so I, I began kind of dealing with my grief and then dealing with the beauty of Ireland mm-hmm. uh, and the beauty of the people mm-hmm. Uh, in so many ways through those poetic expressions. Sure. So it didn't really matter to me if people really understood it or not, because if they would just look at it and ponder it, then they would find it. And that's all about subtext. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, Jim. Minor